There's a real world out there, and it's getting way more dangerous thanks to the lack of leadership uh, from our, our White House. Uh, the Biden administration releases its lessons learned over the Afghanistan exit, and it's pretty much what everyone expected. And Bud Light takes it in the can after releasing their new spokesman. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great Easter. I did. That's why I didn't do a podcast yesterday. I could never work on the script, so I basically looked at the news on uh, Sunday night and Monday morning and then decided, okay, well, uh, there's no way I'm going to be ready, so... I took off. Uh, we went to L.A. and spent time with my family, which was great. Then came home and kind of watched a movie, and we all passed out. So it was it was it was a fun weekend. Uh, nothing too extreme, nothing wild and crazy, but fun. Okay, so let's get to some news. A lot of news out there this week. A lot of news this weekend. Okay, so uh, last week, into the weekend, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, went to China. Now, no one was really sure what was going to happen with this. Uh, we kind of thought that because of the war in Ukraine and China's support of Russia, that maybe this was going to be kind of a cool uh, meeting, that these two really weren't going to have a lot to say to each other. Well, it turns out that's actually not what happened. Not only did China and and Macron, Xi and Macron get along, uh, China made a made a uh, video about it and a propaganda video. So it worked out really well for China. Uh, and Macron, who is kind of a spineless puss in the first place, he was all hugs and loves and couldn't stop talking, couldn't stop praising China. I mean, to the point that Xi Jinping, the president of China, actually was kind of rolling his eyes and sighing at the fact that Macron couldn't stop, wouldn't stop talking. So even even Xi showed really kind of some annoyance with uh, Macron. And this is something that you know really tells you something about China, that these people really just don't give a damn about the rest of the world. They really don't care what anyone thinks of them, and that makes them a little bit more dangerous. Well, what makes them a little bit more dangerous is France take away, France's takeaway from China. So, Macron went to the United went back to France and he was asked about it. And what Macron basically said is, you know something, I'm not so sure about that war in Taiwan thing. I'm not sure it is in France's best interest and maybe it's time for France to kind of lower the dependence on the United States. Now, one of the things the United States is going to need is Europe on their side if we do decide to protect uh, Taiwan. And Taiwan is in one is an interest of the United States. We do And by the way, Taiwan is an interest of France. They may not think they are, but they are. Okay, China is not ready to produce the the chips, the semiconductors that uh, that Taiwan is producing. So France can't depend on China to get all these semiconductors. And that's where all of computing is coming from. Are those semiconductors from Taiwan? But France 
being the uh, wusses that they've always been throughout history, doesn't want to deal with a war. Well, China, a day after Macron left, they started doing drills around Taiwan again, shooting off missiles, aircraft carriers surrounding the island, uh, planes flying and performing tactical uh, missile strikes from the planes. Yeah, I think that we need to kind of worry a little bit. Here's the problem. Joe Biden has completely left the world alone. He's too worried about I don't know when his next helicopter trip to Delaware is going to be or when his next vacation is going to be. By the way, yes, he took another vacation this weekend. And this weekend, he this week, he's in Ireland. He hasn't visited East Palestine, Ohio yet, but he's in Ireland. And, and people are really wondering what he's doing. Uh, a great question came up, and I don't think it was by Fox News either. They asked him exactly what kind of national security is going to be shored up by going to Ireland? Yeah, no, nothing, of course. Okay, well, here's some really, this is breaking news. Uh, documents have been leaked from the Pentagon, and apparently they're pretty bad. They're actually comparing these leaked documents to the ones that Edward Snowden released. Now, I haven't read the documents, uh, but the New York Times has a pretty good... Um, overall summary of these documents. So let's go through them. Okay, so the documents contain uh, details of, uh, it contains, they're broken into two parts. One, it's dealing with Ukraine, and then the other is how other countries are dealing with Ukraine and other issues other countries are having. There were They were about, about 53 documents, uh, ranging from for your eyes only to secret so that they were they were again you know, take it with a grain of salt we do over classify documents so here's the first here's the, a list again this is from the new york times if you go to dumbass talking politics you can get the link and actually read the article so they contain detail secret america uh, of american and nato plans for building up the ukraine military that's kind of a big deal. They also suggest that Ukrainian forces are in more dire straits than the government has acknowledged publicly. They're missing ammunition. Their air defense system is collapsing. And one of the re reasons this is a big document to release is that Russia is now upping the ante. Russia has gone out and actually offered money to soldiers to go out and fight in Ukraine. Because they know that their air defense is going to be gone in a couple of months. Okay, the next document, uh, to, brace, to brace for an introduction to advanced NATO-supplied tanks on Ukraine battlefields. So essentially what they want to do is they want to give Ukraine more advanced tanks. Now this sounds like, you know, well, why didn't you do this before? And that's a good question. I mean... This was the whole problem with this whole Ukraine war. The United States didn't support Ukraine in the beginning. The United States was not into this war. And then suddenly it became the new woke war of the world and, and, and crap like that. But the reality of the matter is, if we really wanted Ukraine to defeat Russia, we would have given them 
the tanks right off the bat, and we never did. We would have given them the air defense missiles right off the bat, and we never did. So um, that's going to be kind of an issue for them. Uh, and these tanks, even though they're great, here's the problem. Um, they need to be trained on them. These tanks are all computerized. So the Ukrainian soldiers are not going to know how to use them. That's one of the problems with sending them the tanks that we are sending them now is they have to be trained. So what does that mean? Boots on the ground. And I think that's something that the, um, that the, the Russia, the administration is kind of holding back. We do have boots on the ground over there. We've got to train these people how to use those missile defense systems. We need to train these people how to use those, those tanks that we're sending them. So this is bad. So um, the leak itself, uh, uh, continuing, the leak itself, in particular the confirmation that the United States spies on allies and adversaries alike may prove damaging to the unified coalition that has emerged to help Ukraine fend off the Russian invasion. So, okay, I, I, I know this is something that, I, I don't understand why this is a big deal. But it is. Apparently, this document was released, basically says that we're spying on, let's say, France. We're spying on Britain. We're spying on Israel. We're spying on everybody. Here's a newsflash. We've been doing that for years. And here's another newsflash. Those countries have been spying on us. To sit back and think that this could damage the coalition basically tells us that this coalition wasn't that strong to begin with. All this this pining that Joe Biden is doing about how we have a strong coalition in France, yeah, that's be, uh, coalition in Europe, yeah, that doesn't look like it's the case. It actually looks like we are in really bad shape when it comes to Europe. Okay, and then there's other there's other countries that it, that it released. Um, officials in South Korea, key American ally whose official policy is not to provide lethal weapons to countries of war, feared that the United States might divert South Korean arms to Kiev. So, basically, this is going to be something that Reagan did with the Iran-Contra. You remember the Iran-Contra affair back in the 80s? Probably not, because hopefully I got a bunch of young people here. But this is exactly the same thing. So, arms are being sent from South Korea to the United States because... South Korea has phenomenal manufacturing capabilities. And the United States is thought, South Korea is afraid that the United States is actually sending their arms to Kiev, which is very possible. Okay, let's take a look here. A hacking group under the guidance of Russia's Federal Security Service may have compromised a Canadian gas pipeline company in February and caused damage to the infrastructure. There's a shocker. Again, I... I got to tell you, I don't understand how a document that's classified is actually classified because to think that Russia isn't doing this is insane. And again, this is one of the, I've complained about this on the podcast before. Hey, United States invented the internet. All the coding that these people are using are American codes. We invented it. We should be able to stop this. But for some reason, the Defense Department and the Pentagon just don't see a real issue with this to build a defense against this. So, I mean, 
one of these days we're going to wake up, the internet's going to be gone. It's because some Russian hacker group or Chinese hacker group or North Korean hacker group, they're very good at it too, is going to blow up our infrastructure and we're not protecting it. Weakness, weakness, weakness. We're worried about trans people dancing naked in front of kids. And meanwhile, there's a world of danger out there and no one is dealing with it. The Biden administration is worried about getting uh, TikTok influencers for his um, political campaign. And meanwhile, we've got basically World War III coming and it's coming. We're as close as it's ever been. Okay, the Pentagon assessment suggested that leadership of the Mossad, Israel's foreign intelligence service, may have encouraged the agency staff and Israeli citizens to participate in the anti-government protests that roiled the country in March. So basically, um, basically what happened is Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel has decided that he doesn't like the way the Supreme Court is run in Israel, which makes sense. The Supreme Court in Israel... Basically, the Supreme Court judges elect their own replacements. So you never have kind of a change in political attitude in the Israeli Supreme Court. So Netanyahu wanted to change their constitution. I put that in quotes because they really don't have a constitution. He wanted to change that so that the president or Congress or parliament or whoever elects the Supreme Court justices. Well, this created a huge amount of protest. Now we're hearing that the Mossad, which is the equivalent to our CIA, is basically encouraging people to protest, which makes sense. See, Israel has the same problem the United States has. We have a very, they have a very leftist infrastructure. And I mean leftist. Israel has the same problems with the crap we're dealing with. Not to the extreme, like men dancing around in front of kids as what dresses women, but they have the same problems. Netanyahu is pretty right-wing, and so they hate him. The left hates him over there. But, you know, of course, what ended up happening is Netanyahu ended up skipping that for now. He's going to wait just because of the outcry I don't know if that's a good idea, but it seems to me you need to rip the Band-Aid off and deal with that. And that is a problem in Israel. I'm sorry, I don't agree with that at all. One of the documents lays out an American assessment of scenarios that could lead Israel to provide weapons to Ukraine in contravention of current Israeli policy. Well, Israel, none of that's going to work, by the way. Israel has been bombarded last week all through Passover by the terrorists over the Palestinian terrorists. So that's not going to happen. But they're trying to get Israel to give arms to Ukraine. Now, why Israel would give arms to Ukraine when they've got their own problems, which is why they don't actually give arms. You got to remember, Israel has like 4 million people. They have barely anybody. Their military is very well trained, but very small. They're not going to hand anything to, especially the fact... They can't even depend on the United States to do anything. They're not going to hand out any of their arms. Continuing, the Russian military may be flailing, but the private Wagner mercenary group, led by an ally of Putin, is flourishing in much of the world. Wagner is working to thwart American interests in Africa and has explored branching out to Haiti, right under the 
knows of the United States. That is big news. And by the way, China is doing that too. So's Iran. All this stuff is happening under the Biden administration. The Biden administration has showed such weakness, it's created a vacuum around the world, and now our enemies feel like there's no issue. They do whatever they want, and they are. Now, how has the Pentagon responded to this? Well, the documents are legit. They they openly admit, you know, these, these are real. The meat, but how should they deal with it? By telling the media to stop reporting on it. I'm not kidding. John Kirby, who you'll hear a little later, John Kirby's had a bad week. I mean, that poor bastard, he is just getting raked over the coals. And I don't think it's completely his fault, but he is getting raked over the coals. And you can tell he is getting frustrated. He basically said, hey, guys, just stop reporting on these documents. You know, hello, newsflash, everyone in the, else in the world has these documents. Hide head in sand. That's the Biden administration policy. That's how they deal with absolutely everything. Okay, and then our last story. Um, Bud Light is taken in the caboose for having this Dylan Mulvaney uh, as their spokesman. Uh, their sales have plummeted. Now, don't worry, Bud, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch is very woke. So their stock prices aren't dropping, but they're not selling beer. Okay, so Fox News had a great little uh, deal where they walked around to bars and started asking people about what's happening with the sales. So, so sales, apparently, overall, sales have dropped 30% over the past week. And drought, drought beer, which is the beer you pull, um, uh, drought beer uh, on tap, that's dropped 50%, one owner has said. 80% of Bud Light drinkers ordered something else. They did were not interested in having Bud Light at all. The report stated that the 20% that did order Bud Light didn't even know that Bud, Bud Light had hired this Mulvaney guy. So <laughs> that pub is not doing well. One pub in Hell's Kitchen, New York, um, which has a huge gay population, okay, um, their sales dropped 58%. Bottled beer dropped 70%. Now, here's a dirty little secret that the LGBTQRISTUV, WXYZ, poop emoji, ambersands group doesn't want you to know. Gays and lesbians don't like trans people. They don't. They don't. This is not a shock. As a matter of fact, the T in LGBTQ, they want to kick the T and Q out. They want to go back to LGB, which is what they were back in the 90s when this whole thing started. So that's not a shock. One bar sat there and said, usually they go through three kegs on a weekend. They go through three kegs a night. Okay? And those kegs are 495 12-ounce pours. So they're 495 glasses. Right? Um, they said they sold an equivalent of four glasses. So you can imagine that it's not working out well. Bud Light's decision to dive into the culture wars was a bad decision. 
uh, said a uh, beer analyst. Yes, I guess there are beer analysts. Quote, virtually every rule in building brands and marketing has been violated. So good for them. Um, right now, it's, it turns out that people were turning during these, these, these bar crawls that Fox News did. People are turning to Corona and Modelo. And there are, which are Mexican beers. They taste like crap too, but at least they're a lot. I actually used to like Modelo. I don't drink anymore, but they used to. I used to like Modelo. Uh, Corona tastes like flat. I I don't like Corona, but here's the thing: Modelo and Corona are expected to actually beat out Bud Light right now. Anheuser Busch is taking it in the can here, but you know they're woke. So good for them, and they, they're not going to fire this broad who actually set it up. So, okay. Well, that was our news. So let's get to the probably only story we're going to talk about today because I'm already running late here. So the White House report on Afghanistan on the Afghanistan pullout was released last week. It was released on Wednesday. It was not great. It was not a great report. It was, let me put it to you this way, it was the report we expected to come out from the Biden White House. Now, it was crap. It skipped a lot of little things, okay? And uh, basically, it was Trump's fault. It was Russia's fault. So, it was everybody's fault except the Pentagon and the White House. So let's let's get it to you. Let me read the first two paragraphs, and, and you'll get an idea of what I mean by what they're doing. So here it is, quote, When he came into office, President Biden believed that the right thing for the country was to end the longest war in American history and bring American troops home. As he laid out the American people, as he laid out to the American people, after 20 years, the United States had to accomplish its mission in Afghanistan to remove from the battlefield the terrorists who attacked the United States on 9/11, including Osama bin Laden, and degrade the terrorist threat to the United States. Over two decades, the United States had also, along with our NATO allies and partners, spent hundreds of billions of dollars training and equipping. At the Afghan uh, training and equipping the Afghan National Defense and Security Forces and supporting successive Afghan governments. At the onset, America's goal was never to nation build, but over time, this is America drifted, uh, drifted into doing. Two decades after the war had started, America had become bogged down in the war in Afghanistan with unclear objectives and no end in sight, and was under-investing in today's and tomorrow's national security challenges. Okay, a couple of problems with that opening statement. We had 1,500 troops there. And they weren't troops. They were actually advisors. They were helping out the Afghan force. They, they, they weren't actually participating in battle. They've been doing this since 2015. There hasn't been a, a troop killed in Afghanistan since 2013. So this wasn't this wasn't an endless war. We weren't spending hundreds of billions of dollars in Ukraine in the last decade. That wasn't happening. And I do want to point out we've spent over a hundred billion dollars 
I'm sorry, in Afghanistan. We have spent over $100 billion in Ukraine over the last year. So I'm not quite clear why spending money was a big issue for the Biden administration. So let's continue on to the next paragraph. Biden's choices for how to execute a withdrawal from Afghanistan were severely constrained by conditions created by his predecessor. Here we go. When President Trump took office in 2017, there were more than 10,000 troops in Afghanistan. 18 months later, after introducing more than 3,000 additional troops just to maintain the stalemate, President Trump ordered direct talks with the Taliban without consulting our allies and partners or allowing the Afghan government to nego- to the nego- at the negotiating table. Okay, a couple problems. Those 3,000 additional troops were actually already approved through the Obama administration through that surge. What it doesn't mention is that when Trump had this discussion with the Afghans, with the Taliban, he had already dropped the number of troops from 13,000 to 2,500. So, and, and Trump wanted to pull out too, but he actually did something really weird that Biden didn't. He listened to the military. And the military said, don't do it. So let's continue with this here. In September 2019, President Trump emboldened the Taliban by publicly considering inviting them to Camp David on the anniversary of 9-11. Of course, he didn't. Do, he said that was a stupid... He act, His administration actually said it was a stupid idea, and so he didn't do it. But, you know, they got to bring that up. In February 2020, the United States and the Taliban reached a deal known as the Doha Agreement, under which the United States agreed to withdraw U.S. forces from Afghanistan by May 2021. Okay, we'll get to this Doha Agreement, because the Doha Agreement actually didn't exist when Biden pulled out of Afghanistan. We'll talk about why in a second. In the return, the Taliban agreed to participate in peace in the peace process and refrain from attacking U.S. troops and threatening Afghanistan's major cities, but only as long as the United States remained committed to withdraw by the agreement's deadline. As part of the deal, President Trump pressured the Afghan government to release 5,000 Taliban fighters from prison, including senior war commands, without securing the release of only American hostage uh, without securing the release of the only American hostage known to be held by the Taliban. Okay, uh, a bunch of things here. First off, this is just complete BS. Everything he just said is complete BS. Everybody from the Trump administration said this is complete BS. Even members of the military that are within the Biden administration have basically said this was BS. Here's the thing. The Doha Doha agreement was conditional. The Taliban had to meet certain conditions. And those conditions were not met. And so the Doha agreement was void. This was determined well before Trump left the White House. But the Biden administration keeps beating on this. And... The 3,000 Taliban that they released were not, they weren't released. They were still in prison. It's all absolute lies. By the way, this is why you need an independent report. Now, the report, if you're really interested, was only 12 pages long. Go to the website, 
download it, read it. It's really, it is just loaded with crap. But what it's also loaded with is what's interesting about the report. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. What's interesting about the report is what it skipped. So the chaos caused by the exit, nothing was talked about. They missed that the Taliban would simply take over. They had no idea the Taliban could just walk in and take over the country. Um, here's the problem. Everyone knew that the Taliban was going to walk in and take over the country. Everyone knew. It never mentioned the terrorist attack that killed 13 Americans and a couple of hundred civilians. It didn't mention that the advisors told him to keep the 1,500 soldiers in Afghanistan and we should have a, pe uh, a presence. It didn't talk about the, that nobody has died there since 2013. It didn't talk about that the Trump deal was actually void because the Taliban refused to meet any of the commitments. They, they never talked about the sloppy withdrawal. They never talked about the bad vetting. They never talked about the Americans that are still left over there. We know that they, they did not pull out everybody. Russia, he blamed Russia for invading Ukraine, which is why we had to pull out of Afghanistan so we could support Ukraine. Russia was not threatening Ukraine at the moment. They were talking about it, but they had not done anything until December, which was three months after the pullout, four months after the pullout, three months after the pullout. I think the pullout was in September. So to sit back and blame Russia was just, again, it's blame Russia, Russia, Russia. It's just blame Russia for everything and Trump. Now, Joe Biden never addressed this report. What a shocker. The report was released on Wednesday. It was handed out or released on Thursday. It was handed out to the press. Then Joe Biden, before anybody could read this report, went out, made a speech, took a couple questions and then walked away. He put a lid on the he put a lid on the administration Thursday afternoon and Thursday uh, later Thursday afternoon he got on a plane and took off to Camp David uh, for another vacation and so nobody knew what the heck, no one knew how to what questions to ask so they received this doc even the mainstream media was really pissed off about this. That this guy releases this report, it's got a ton of stuff that just doesn't work out here. And President Biden just dry, flies away and doesn't answer any questions. Well, who got stuck with it was the Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby. And he made, well, how shall we put it? He made an ass out of himself. So let's go through a couple of uh, uh, quick clips from this terrible, terrible uh, press conference that he had. So here, here he is talking about the billions of dollars of stuff they left back in Ukraine, or Ukraine, in Afghanistan, and how, oh, it's not a big deal. Listen. Once you turn it over, it's just like what we're doing in Ukraine. We give Ukraine uh, artillery ammunition, Stinger anti-air missiles, Javelin anti-tank. It's their stuff at that point, not the Americans. It's their stuff. That stuff belonged to the Afghans. And so this idea, this argument is just ludicrous that we left 
millions of dollars of stuff in Afghanistan. We didn't. We turned it over, as the previous administration would have done too, because part of their thinking was they were going to have to turn this material over. It was turned over appropriately uh, and carefully and deliberately with the Afghan National Security Defense Forces. Uh, Cuss alert, bullshit. We do not leave Apache attack helicopters in the hands of another country. We don't. We don't leave planes. We don't leave body armor with American flags on it. We left probably close to a billion... I, 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 I can't remember if it was six billion... I don't know how much money in equipment, but no, that was not done intentionally. And no, the last administration would not have done that. That is just a complete lie. And how do we know it's a complete lie? Because this guy said the opposite thing when we pulled out two years ago. So, BS. And most of the time when we do leave, like with Ukraine, we're going to leave some of the stuff over there with Ukraine. Ukraine, assumingly, will be their own country. It wouldn't be taken over by Russia. If we left all that equipment there and Russia takes over, that's going to be considered a mistake. Uh, it's just an, an incredible thing. Here he is, though. He's not done. Here he is addressing the actual chaos of the pullout. And this is an amazing thing because he contradicts himself from August of 2021. Listen. Get planes coming in and getting them loaded, have medical screening, have security vetting, have diplomatic presence on the ground to make sure that we're putting the right people on planes, uh, but also defend that airport from external threats. Um, that's pretty remarkable. And so for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not Cussing alert, bullshit. He, in 2021, when this debacle occurred, said they did not expect the, quote, chaos they were seeing i mean we had a there was a terrorist attack hundreds were killed 13 soldiers were killed we bombed an afghan family because we thought they were terrorists people were in the middle of the airport running along the c-17s as they were taken off people were falling off of c-17s because they were so desperate to get out that they wanted to hang on the plane while they were in mid-flight. What is he talking about? We see the videos. We see the videos. And he even said this was, we didn't expect that kind of chaos. And, you know, in the end, and this is going to be the narrative. This is a narrative. And you can tell it's a narrative because it's just a lie. The Biden administration, they're actually proud of this pullout. Listen to Kirby, and he's being grilled by Ducey here. And I think even Ducey was at a loss for words. People don't have an issue with the decision to order troops out of Afghanistan. It is with the way that this president ordered it done. There were children being killed. There were people hanging off of Air Force jets that were leaving. And you're saying that you guys are proud of the way that this mission was conducted? Does proud it mean of that? Proud of the fact that we got more than 124,000 people safely out of Afghanistan? You bet. Proud of the. F He's proud. They're proud. Can I ask you a question? What would failure look like? 
I mean, this was this was a mess. This was probably worse than than the pullout in, um, than the pullout in uh, Vietnam. This was a mess. They got 124,000 people out. And what he failed to mention is, okay, um, you didn't vet any of those people. We don't know who they were. You didn't pull out all the Americans. We know that. You didn't pull out all the uh, the translators of people who worked with the Americans. We know that. So, what is if you're proud of this, what does failure look like? You mean it could be worse? Okay, well, here is uh, the last question. And this one is accountability. And of course, his answer was pretty much what you'd expect it to be. Who's going to get fired over this? Peter, the purpose of the document that we're putting out today uh, is to sort of collate the chief reviews and findings of the agencies that did after-action reviews. Um, uh, the, it, it's not, the, the purpose of it is not accountability. The purpose of the document is propaganda. The purpose of the document is to say everything is great and when Biden runs and he says, no, Afghanistan, when he gets any criticism about Afghanistan, it's for, for him to sit there and say, no, Afghanistan went beautifully Look at this document. That's what this document's about. It's definitely not about accountability. What would happen if this happened under the Trump administration? By the way, it never did, because Trump actually listened to his military advisors. By the way, Obama wanted to pull out of Afghanistan, and they told him, no, you can't. He listened to his military advisors. The only one who didn't want to pull out of Afghanistan was George W. Bush. So everyone wanted to pull out, but they listened to their military advisors. This idiot doesn't listen to his military advisors. It ends up being a freaking disaster. And, okay, well, it's done. Forget it. Here's a 12-page report that says we did a great job. We're proud. It's all Trump's fault. It was all Russia's fault. It was everybody's fault. It's not the Biden's fault. We did fantastic. And... Game over. We're done. We don't have to talk about this anymore. Well, here's the bad. Here's some bad news for the Biden administration. It's not all done. People are pissed. The military, the veterans are pissed. The media is pissed. And I'm not talking Fox News. I'm talking the mainstream media is sitting back and saying, you just gave us this crap and then never answered a question. I have yet to see Joe Biden on the TV. Absolutely incredible. God, we got so much more to cover. We've got so much more to cover. We will talk. I will talk to you tomorrow. You folks have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. 